The following is a production of Omnis.tv. Tonight's show on Unsigned, I have an amazing double feature with two great rock bands, The Hush and Art of Dying, plus a major announcement about the name change of the show, what it means for the future of Unsigned. All this and more tonight. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Unsigned. My name is Ryan, and uh, thanks for joining us, as always. I'll tell you what, i got a great show for you this evening. We have Lee from The Hush that's going to join us here in a moment. Also, Jeff from Art of Dying will join us on the back end of the show as well. And uh, you know what? Before we get into uh, the interviews and music that's going to be uh, in abundance this evening, there's an announcement I've been hitting on Twitter for, uh, gosh, probably about a month or so now. And uh, it's time to really put this out there. The the name of the new show, which will officially be launched March 6th, is Revelator. That's the name of the new show. Now, some of you are like, oh, man, what, what does that mean for Unsigned? Now, Unsigned has brought us a long way. This is our 74th show under the Unsigned banner and something that I started way back in the day, uh, back even when I you know, started at AM radio working with uh, local bands and outside of the Cleveland area and, and lots of other places as well. So it's taken us, it's taken us this far, and uh, Revelator is going to take us where we need to go the rest of the way. So uh, Unsigned is, you know, it had a good run. We've had a lot of great guests, and we're going to still have a couple guests in the the final shows here. As uh, Revelator gets going, you know, we're still going to do a lot of the same things we've been doing. You're still going to hear music. You're still going to hear interviews. You're still we're still going to do sports. We're still going to do really wacky, funny comedy bits and stories. We're still going to talk movies and films, uh, independent films uh, with terrorizing records uh, later in in, the, in this uh, year as well, and some other things as well. You're going to hear from sports analysts. You're going to hear from people from all walks of life as far as entertainment is concerned, and that's what Revelator is going to bring. It's going to open the door for us to do more of what we want to do. And uh, we appreciate your patience and the support of the Unsigned Show, and we're just picking up where, where Unsigned is leaving off. But uh, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, coming to the Unsigned Show this evening, hailing from Los Angeles, California. The Hush! All right. Thanks, guys. (laughs) Lee, how's it going, man? Oh, it's going real good. It's going real good. Good good to be talking to you. Yeah, dude, same here, man. I know it's been a it's been a long time in the works, man. We've you know we had this uh, plan back in the books, uh, got months ago. So we finally the thing is for a while there, I didn't think February was ever going to come, man. So uh, hopefully you had a good holiday, a good New Year, and all that good stuff. And I know you guys have been working hard on new material. We're going to touch on that a little bit later tonight. And uh, you, you mentioned in the pre-show about. You know, you guys, you obviously formed two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Everybody was, you know, asked, you know, how you got, how you guys got formed, and you guys have answered that obviously a lot. And you mentioned to me, how do you stay together for for three years? Talk to me about, you know, forming one, and then you know, really keeping it together, and still, you know, kind of having that bond and community as a band, and, and still writing material. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the key. I mean, uh, especially in Los Angeles. I mean having been in, you know, five or 10 bands and having developed all of them and led most of them, uh, I, I understand it takes a couple years before things really start to gel. I mean, but you get guys coming in and they think it's all going to happen in six months and it doesn't. 
you know, and uh, usually they float on and, and go somewhere else. But the band doesn't doesn't end until I quit finding people. So uh, I always keep it together. And, uh, you know, this group of guys has been really good. They've been really supportive. I mean, we go into the studio. I don't really have to say anything. I just let them do their job. All the communications made beforehand. And, and it's really been a dream come true. I just, I just wish we could uh, get the stuff out there to more people and uh, get somewhere so we can keep it going. I definitely understand. Well, I know you guys have been working on new material now. I want to take a kind of a step back to, you know, obviously the name of the band, The Hush, which I, I really dig the name. Uh, and I, I've, unfortunately, Jasmine, I guess she's, uh, she's tied up somewhere, couldn't join us this evening, but, uh, kind of, I guess in a way she was really kind of the, the inspiration or kind of came up with the name of the band with her theater background. Um, do you guys remember, do you remember talking with her about, you know, coming up with the name and how you guys came to the conclusion that it should be called The Hush? Yeah, yeah, I sure do. I mean, she actually wrote a blog on that. It was a couple of years back, but it was uh, she's really an eloquent writer. I mean, it really blows me away. But uh, you know, in my own words, I can say it's about that the moment when you step on stage just before the curtain rises, and everybody knows something's going to happen, and the whole audience quiets down, and also the band does too. You know, you stop your 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 line check, everybody quiets down. It's like okay, it's time. And there's that one moment before you actually hit that first chord, and that's that's the hush. Right on. No, I, I think that's cool, man. I think a lot of people, when you hear that, you definitely can. I, I think everybody can relate to that. Everybody's been to, you know, whether it be a theater or a play or, you know, a concert, you know, when the lights go out and you're like, oh, man, here it comes, you know. Now, uh, you guys did the first EP in uh, 2010, uh, scene, uh, excuse me, Scene of the Crime. Uh, talk to me about that early writing, those early writing sessions and really, you know, kind of feeling one another out as a group. Uh, yeah, it's a it's an interesting dynamic. I mean, I, I usually start things off. I bring in a ref, and I try to bring something in that motiv- motivates everybody else to play. Because the way I the way I see it is, all we have to do is be playing together in a positive direction, and something good will come of it. So that's always my my direction is just to get everybody playing in a positive direction together, and uh, it kind of builds from there. But and there's always so much push and pull you know, through the first year or two of people figuring out what the other guy likes to hear, what tones does he like to hear, you know, what what do I play that he's going to like without, you know, compromising what I play. And there's a lot of push and pull that goes on. And it's uh, it's a really, it's usually tough to, to go through. And the tougher it is to go through, usually the better the band is in the long run because it creates depth in the end. No, I think that's well said, man. Now, you know, you guys have a couple singles that have come out since that EP, and we're going to actually hear one of those in just a moment, which is titled Hold You Down. Now, uh, I would imagine Jasmine, you know, you mentioned she's an eloquent writer, and her lyrics, I think, speak to that as well. Uh, the lyrics for this song, Hold You Down, I think, paid a great image. Uh, talk to me about, you know, you know, when she comes to you, like, with lyrics, or does she, do you have a riff, you know, like, hey, check this out, and she kind of writes? Is it kind of a, a give and take in that process? Uh, yeah, it usually starts with a riff, and me and the guys will uh, formulate at least a verse and a chorus, sometimes a verse, chorus, and a bridge, and a couple other parts, and then we give them to Jasmine from there. And uh, we usually, you know, have you know quite a few different ideas that we present to her, and she kind of picks and chooses to what's going to fit, you know, her vibe and what she does, so she never has to go too far outside of herself to work with the band. Very cool. Now, uh, I'll tell you what, man, let's um, let's take a quick break. Let's actually jam that track right now, which is Hold You Down, and then we'll come back and we'll chat some more, man. Is that cool with you? Yeah, sounds great. All right, well, here it is. This is the uh, the Hush Hold You Down here on Unsigned.
the hush here on unsigned hold you down hanging out with uh lee from the hush tell you what man you guys been you know playing some shows in the la scene some really iconic shows uh playing at the viper room uh, to na- you know today really one and a bunch of others now uh lee i'm curious man you know playing live shows in the la scene um what is i i guess the your favorite thing about playing live music and what's the the downside and the upside of playing in that la scene right now man well the upside is definitely when you get a, a packed audience and you can create a symbiotic energy where you, you're playing and you're putting out so much energy and the audience is giving back to you. I mean, once you get in that kind of a loop, then it just escalates things. And uh, it's, it's, a really, it's really a wonderful thing. And the bad thing about L.A. scene is when you go in to play a show and there's 10 people there and you're putting all this energy out and none of it comes back to you. And you just got to mm-hmm. keep putting out and putting out because that's what you're there for and that's your job. And uh, that that can be tough, and that happens to everybody. If you're going to play the scene out here, that's that's going to happen to you at some point. Gotcha. Now, in a situation like that, you know, you know, do you ever just kind of do a little freelance and just kind of mess around on stage a little bit? Like, yeah, you know what? There's ten people in here. We've been working on this little riff in, in rehearsal or practice or whatever. Let's just go ahead and test it on these ten people to see if you know if anybody gets a reaction out of it. <laughs> I, I wish that was the case, but the thing is, is like you're. You know, you're in a 35-minute to 45-minute set, and usually we have every note calculated for in that 35 minutes to make sure we can get everything out that we want to get out. So usually once we start, we're structured to the end. You know, once we can do an hour-long show, play an hour and a half, then we can stretch out and really, you know, explore some avenues I'd love to explore. But in the the structured, you know, chained-down situation that we're in, we're stuck doing a, a solid set so we can make every note count. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I, I that's gotta be tough too, man, knowing that, you know, hey, you guys have thirty five minutes from start to finish, no more, no less, go. You know? So uh that, that's definitely uh gotta hinder a little bit as far as uh, the creative flow and kind of jamming out some of the songs that you maybe you'd like to live. Now speaking of you know, jamming playing, I know you guys have been working on new material and a new album. Uh talk to me about the difference in recording this time around as opposed to, you know, some of the singles you've done and then that EP in 2010, how the band has grown and where you are right now. Well, yeah, it's, it's been really interesting because we, we've all come from, from different backgrounds and we all, all definitely have different ideas. And, uh, and I don't know if the rest of the band would agree me, with me on this or not, but I feel like we're, we're finally really working together as musicians. I mean, cause it, it's so much more than notes and timing. It's so much about coming together as people and uh, providing experience. And uh, I think we're getting towards that. And, and that's a good thing to see. And I, and I hope we can, uh, you know, build enough buzz and uh, create enough cash flow to keep this thing going so it can get even further. I hope so, too. man. I, I remember the first time I heard you guys, I was like, wow. I was like, it, it, I mean, Jasmine is a, is a great vocalist. But and I, I told her on, on Twitter, I was like, not only is she great vocally, but your guys' rhythm section, you included drums, bass, guitar. I mean, you know, I use the word sharp. You guys are on it, man. I mean, you guys are really, really a tight group. Yeah, there's no weak weak link in the band. I mean, there's not, I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing lagging there at all. I mean, especially live. I mean, and, and we can't even get all the energy on a CD. It just doesn't fit. I mean, live, the band really comes together. And if, if you haven't seen us live, you really don't know the hush. <laughs> right on, man. Now, uh, obviously, you're working on new material. Do you guys have a uh, a tentative release date? I believe the the name of the album is going to be Hanging by a Thread. Is that right? 
Uh, yeah, yeah, it is, and it's uh, it's almost kind of a ballad-like tune, but it's it's a real good, strong song, and it, it showcases Jasmine's vocals a lot, which is a good thing. And uh, we're supposed to get that out late February, I believe, but uh, we'll see how that goes. You know, you know how it is with the internet. You you know you you can't really pinpoint the exact date, but you can uh, you can kind of ballpark, let's say, uh, late February. Right on. Well, definitely keep us posted, man. We'll we'll do what we can to you know support you guys as you release new music. Now, for your for your fans, and, and I, I expect you guys are going to have more future fans when you guys release more music. Uh, people are going to catch wind of what you guys are doing. I, I really believe that. Uh, what can they expect from the new stuff that you know? Kind of you know, like yeah, yeah, I hear that, and that's definitely the hush. You know, where where are you guys expanding musically? Whether it be uh, you know with your guitar work or w- with lyrics or vocals? Is there a certain thing that people were, should look forward to on this new music? Hmm. I That's mean, kind of a tough question. Sorry. Man. It's just, it's just, I, I, all I can say is probably, it's probably, it's going to be more than what, what's, what's there. I mean, the band has developed and, and the, the songs are stronger. I mean, they're going to be stronger songs and they're going to be, and they're still going to be real rock. I mean, really what I'm trying to do with this project is, is do real rock songs, but still offer you know modern sensibilities because that's the only way to uh, to maybe get rock more in the forefront. I mean, I see this big hole in music where rock used to be, and there's nothing there anymore, and that hole needs to be filled. And I'm hoping I can help to do that. Yeah, no, I, that's a great answer, man. And you know what? I think you, I mean, dude, your jazz's tunes are definitely. Do they rock, man? I mean, there's no other way to really put it. Now, the next song we're going to hear tonight is So Hollywood. And I, what better? I mean, honestly, this is really a, a jammed out song. I, and I think it really ex- exposes uh, Jasmine lyrics, but also the guitar riffs, man. And I'll use the word sharp again. I mean, the, the guitar riffs are very solid, well-structured, uh, really a dynamic song. It has a lot of different layers to it. Uh, the lyrics are, are, are intriguing. Uh, they're not about you, are they? No, 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 thank you, <laughs> thank God, no. <laughs> but it was, uh, it, but it is about somebody, you know, that that Jasmine knew that she had hung out with. They kind of, you know, they kind of separated, and she never really knew why. And uh, she wrote that song about it. And it's, uh, you see it, and when you, if you really listen to the lyrics, you see a lot of that, pe- a lot of those people around Hollywood. <laughs> right on, man. Uh, I would say it would probably be a little awkward, you know, kind of like that Gwen Stefani thing where she you know, singing "Don't Speak" and she's looking at the bass player, and you're just like, "I'm just playing, I'm just playing." But uh, yeah, but, yeah, <laughs> I saw that on VH1. I was like, "What?" I was like, <laughs> right. "Yeah, that that would be an odd situation to say the least." Here's your five minutes of complete awkwardness every evening, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, thank but you. What, uh, <laughs> I tell you what, man. Let's uh, let's let's roll into this track, man, and we'll come back for another segment, man. Uh, this is Soul Hollywood, the Hush here on Unsigned.
The Hush. So Hollywood here on Unsigned. I'll tell you what, if you aren't bobbing your head to that song, that's a kick-ass rock tune right there, man. And Lee, like I said, man, that guitar work is, is solid, man. It's good stuff. Oh, thanks, man. Thanks a lot. Uh, hey, not a problem, man. Uh, now, I, I mentioned, uh, you know, we are the third segment, and I don't know if you've had a chance to do the show, I was talking to, you know, to your manager, Carolyn. You know, we, we kind of like to freelance a little bit and get into personal interest stuff, you know. And uh, she mentioned you're you're actually into surfing, man. Now, um, that's kind of you know what you enjoy in your free time. Now, uh, you're the only time you're ever going to see me surfing is if the surfboard is on the ground somewhere and I'm standing on it. Um, so, uh, talk to me about how you kind of got into surfing. Obviously, you know, out in California, you know, I imagine a lot of people surf out there. Tell me how how long you've been surfing, how long you've been into it, man. Uh, you know, I've been surfing about as long as I've been playing guitar. And uh, when I first moved to L.A. when I was 19, I moved into a studio apartment like one block down from the Santa Monica Pier, and the, and somebody left a surfboard in it. So I, I moved into this place right on the beach with a surfboard in the apartment. So I, I felt like I didn't have any choice. It was meant to be. And uh, then I started surfing, you know, daily. And uh, and I've been surfing ever since. It's really uh, become a spiritual thing as guitar. I mean, that's Really, I mean, that's my my two things. I mean, and they both lead me in spiritual directions. Very cool. Now, I have to ask, man, uh, with surfing. I mean, I, you know, I've done a, a few a few water sports, and I'm horrible at them. But uh, have you, you know, obviously, learning you know uh, learning how to surf. Do you have any pretty uh, harsh uh, wipeouts that you can recall early on, man? That kind of maybe give you a second thought or so. Oh yeah, well anybody that's a serious surfer has had the moment where their surfing career has changed, and that's the moment you almost drown. And it happens to everybody if you stay out there, because there's days where the waves are so much bigger than you are. It, you know, there's nothing you can do. All you can do yeah. is hope that you're in good enough shape to hold your breath long enough to come back up. Wow, man, yeah, that's that's intense, man. What's the? Uh, have you had a chance to travel and uh, you know surf any uh, different coast, or is there a certain coast anywhere that you would like to surf that you haven't had a chance to? Oh, geez, there's so many. I mean, you know, if it wasn't for, for music, I probably would have done it a long time ago, you know, but uh, I mean, music's my thing, too, and I got I to gotta do something with my music before I can bug out on life, but uh, I would love to travel around the world and just find different breaks and different cultures and eat different foods and see different things because it's, it's such an adventure, as music is. They're both such an adventure, and uh, I've been to Indonesia and Tahiti, uh, Costa Rica, been to Hawaii three or four times, and uh, a few more places. I can't think of all of them. And every one of them was just a treat, whether it was waves or not. Sometimes I didn't even surf because the waves just weren't there. But uh, it's still experience and adventure and uh, a good time. Very cool. Yeah, it sounds great, man. I mean, there's just so much. And I think a lot of people, you know, lose focus of that too. You know, there's just so much out there to see and do. You know, you gotta, you know, while you're here, you gotta take the moments and, and see as much as you can while you're here. Now, uh, kind of switching gears on you, not to get too serious here with you, but um, you know, we typically ask almost everybody, I think, that comes on the show. I think it's kind of a standard, one of the few standard questions we always ask. But um, the music business, the music industry as a whole, the Grammys were just this past week. Um, what is your take on uh, on the one, one, I guess, what's your take on, on the Grammys and what's your take on, on the music industry uh, as a whole right now? Uh, you know, it's hard not to be sour, you know, in an industry that's always trying to step on you and step on artistry. You know, you look at the Grammys and the only thing that makes it on there is the stuff that's ultra popular. But, you know, there's plenty of people in the world that aren't into ultra popular, you know, that want to like, actually hear real music and and do real things and find real moments, you know, and I think everything's got shoved over into the digital world and the internet so much 
that a lot of, of life, real life stuff, the stuff that's actually worth doing that makes you feel alive is kind of getting scrubbed under the carpet and acts like it doesn't exist. And, uh, and the music industry kind of, and not, not, and it's not just the music industry. It's the world in general these days. It's kind of getting turned into I's and O's when there's actually, you know, there's actually magic to be found out there. I think that's a good answer, man. And, uh, you know, in a way, I, I, I think I'll, everybody, I kind of had, we've asked that question to kind of comes full circle, the same thing, a lot of, a lot of different ways, but yeah, in a way it's, you know, I, we use the, the fast food world, you know what I mean? Everybody wants, they want the single or that item or that electronic device or whatever it may be. They want that, that thing, you know, until yeah. the next thing comes, you know what I mean? And then it's, I want that one now, you know, as opposed to just taking time, slowing down and, going hey wow let me let me and take this in and enjoy it you know i understand your know, reality gets in your face sometimes and says hey man you know the rents do you know but um no i, I think that's a, that's a good analogy man and and uh, i tell you what uh, a couple other questions for you here man one is what is your guys's biggest challenge moving forward obviously you know the new record setting to be released here uh hanging by by a thread uh some you know late this month early march what is your guys's biggest challenge moving forward right now as a band uh, our biggest challenge is reaching people. I mean, because there's there's obviously people that like the music, and enough people like the music to keep us going, but we have to get it out there to them. And, it, and there's so many bands out there trying to do the same thing that we just kind of get slumped together with all the rest of the bands. And I and I feel like we really got to step outside the box and and slap people upside the head to to get out of that and get noticed. And and it's unfortunate that we have to do that, but that's what I feel like we have, really have to do is just is really like let everything loose and start, you know, cracking down the hammer. Right on, man. Well, hey, best of luck to you guys, and I appreciate you taking the time to come out and uh, join us uh, on the show, and hopefully you had a good time, man, and we'll be in touch, man. Uh, hey, when the new album comes out and sometime in the summer you guys get, you know, want to come back on, you're, you're more than welcome to, man. We'd love to have you. Thanks a lot, Ryan. appreciate it. Hey, not a problem. I tell you, well, let's close tonight. This is uh, Touch and Go. I think it's fitting. Uh, and uh, I tell you what, man, best of luck to you. Tell Jazz. You guys can untie Jasmine now, by the way. But, uh, hey, best of luck to you, man, and uh, we'll be in touch. This is uh, Touch and Go by The Hush here on Unsigned. It's 2 a.m. on the boulevard. I'm stepping into another car. I'm like a $20 pole with all the local boys know it, baby.
the hush here on unsigned and i want to thank uh lee for uh you know coming on the show this evening and also if you're interested in finding more about the hush you can find them on twitter at the hush band or also you can check out their website the hush for information about their uh, upcoming cd and also uh, get some of their older material as well on their website you can find them on itunes and also cd baby as well again thanks to the hush for coming on the show now, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for uh, hanging out with us this evening. And I tell you what, the second part of the show is going to be a blast. We have Jeff Brown from Art of Dying. Dude, how's it going, man? Dude, I'm great. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good, man. And I appreciate you, you coming on and taking the time out for us this evening. And, uh, you know, we were going to have uh, Tav on, and he was like, man, he's like, I got the flu. I can't do it. I'm sick. And he's like, you know, Jeffy will do it. He's not as funny as me. He's like, but he has yeah. good English skills. So I'm like, well, I was like, I- I'm glad that you're at least going to get a chance to uh, show off your above average uh, English skills and your less than average humor this evening. Well, I guess that's uh, where you <laughs> separate the men from the boys there, right? So uh, here I am. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, I-, I know you guys have had, re- I mean, really had a really amazing last couple of years. Uh, the Vices of Virtue album is really taken off. You guys had, gosh, you guys were on like, basically every major rock tour uh, the last couple of years. I mean, talk to me about, you know, some of these guys you really already knew, you know, just really kind of already playing with them coming up. But uh, talk about, you know, meeting some of the other bands and just, you know, the vibe and just, you know, how the, how it really was meeting some of these other bands and getting to watch some of these other bands play every night, man. Yeah, dude, it was, uh, it's been a great uh, couple of years on, on this record. And uh, you're totally right. We, we, it really felt like we were just, <clears throat> excuse me, pretty much on tour, like, two years straight and uh oh man like just pretty much every day like you're you're pinching yourself and you're just so stoked to be out there and uh meeting uh meeting fans and uh and, you know watching fans drive from you know one city to another and then you're you're sharing the stage with uh you know bands that you've uh looked up to and just followed and and next thing you know their side stage watching your set and uh you're watching theirs and it's pretty trippy, man. It's uh, quite the uh, it's quite the experience. It's certainly nothing to uh, uh, you know to really look back on, and uh, I don't know. It's just you, you kind of just have to be there, and and you're just constantly pitching yourself the whole time, and you know it's it's kind of a friendly reminder of how hard you've worked. You know, every gig, every audition, or whatever you've done in your career to to get to where you're at. You know. Um, you know, just just so many moments. I actually remember one of the one of the shows that we played in in Canada, and I was just uh, in the back of the arena and uh, just tinkering around. And then Duff McKagan just walked by, and his dressing room was beside mine. And I was just like, okay, this is really trippy, right? You know, this is so fantastic, but this is just like okay. And it's, it was his uh, new side project. I can't remember the name of it right now, but it was just uh, like okay, that's Duff McKagan from GNR. Like, come on, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Uh, yeah, we're just we just feel really blessed to have uh, shared the stage and play as much as we have. You know, uh, not you know, we're very aware that not everybody gets that chance, so we don't take it for granted. No, I think that's cool, man. It shows. I think with you guys in social media and just how you interact with people, it shows that you guys have are not taking this for granted and really you're just grabbing the reins and, and going with it, which I think is cool. And I. I imagine you know ha- you know being on tour and be- you know everything so fast and happening so fast is nice to you guys are you know, obviously you know writing a new record and we'll get into that a little bit later but you know kind of just take time to reflect on every you know meeting Duff McKagan and playing with you know dude the list goes on you know what I mean Shine Down and you know Theory yeah, yeah. and all those guys you know um, I mean just to kind of reflect and go man you know that, that was that was a heck of a couple of years 
Totally, man. Well, like uh, you and I spoke with a little bit earlier, um, just uh, even having Danny Donegan phone us out of the blue from Disturbed and uh, just say, hey, I got your record. You know, I, I can remember that day uh, like it's yesterday and just uh, being in Toronto and uh, basically said, if there's any way I can help you guys, we'll bring you out. Next thing you know, we're actually going out on a Disturbed run and then we're meeting all those guys and, uh, you know, all the other bands that um, – I mean, that's actually the first run was with uh, was us and then Five Finger Death Punch and then Disturbed. Yeah. And that was an epic tour. I mean, that was like, I think it was 2008. And, uh, you know, that was right also before uh, Five Finger kind of got, you know, super monster. And uh, it was just kind of cool to, just, you know, meet all those guys and and start that way. And that just, that just kind of really, I mean, it happened before that as well. I mean, playing... Um, uh, a little more out our way and then we got over to uh the uk and we did uh some shows with Cedar, and then but to really like be on tour full time and then just be like okay you're on this you're on this you're on this and then like i mentioned before you're just touring with bands you're like oh, i love you guys man you guys are you know super uh inspirational and whatever so i mean it's like i said man it's just uh you know pinch ourselves every day and and uh it's pretty killer dude Right on, man. Now, I, I got to imagine you guys were the first band signed under uh, the Intoxication label. Uh, yep. David seems kind of like an, he'd be an intimidating dude to meet for the first time, man. What was that meeting like, meeting him for the first time? He seems like kind of an intimidating, like he would be kind of an intimidating figure, man. Yeah, you know what? He's uh, definitely, um, you know, he's, I mean, he's, he's David Draymond. He has, there's <laughs> really no... Um, he's pretty much the same as what you see and, and, and what you think. He's just a, a super nice guy, uh, very intelligent, um, obviously very well-spoken. And um, I think for the first time, we were just so stoked that they liked our band. And then when we watched Disturbed, we were like, okay, we're clearly not like the same uh, type of band here. So we were like, you like our band? That's that's great. <laughs> you know, right, yeah. <laughs> I went to your show about three years ago in Vancouver and uh, you're disturbed. And, uh, you know, what? Um, he has, and, and Danny especially, have really just taken us under their wings and just, um, you know, just, they've just been so um, supportive and, and humble and generous. And, you know, he's just uh, the nicest guy. And, really believes in what he's doing and and it was actually really cool because they we didn't realize this but they were actually looking to sign a band for about seven years wow. and yeah we, we had no clue and and actually that year that we toured with them we did three runs with them um i think it was three runs and the whole time unbeknownst to us it was actually a showcase and they were always watching our, you know, sound checks and everything like that. And we were like, hey, hey, Danny's here and Dave's here right on. Hey, we'll have a barbecue maybe later tonight or something like that. And the whole time they were really just scoping us out. They were, you know, checking us out to see how we played. Could we could we do it every night? Um, how did we how were we on the road? And, you know, and this is me like realizing this, you know, you know, a year later going like, oh, I get it. You know, that all makes sense now because they're they're pros at this. Right. And so. You know, at the end of the day, I think they like what they, they saw as a whole package. And when we played a show with them in Vancouver, Canada, uh, one of the big wigs from Warner came down. And uh, and we didn't even know. It was just like, hey, guys, this is so-and-so. Uh, nice to meet you. And then uh, we went out for dinner in Chicago 
And uh, Danny just raised a glass and was like, yeah, we want to sign you guys. How do you feel about that? <laughs> With Warner Brothers. Right. And we're like, uh, yeah, that's pretty amazing. We're in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. Let me think about it. Yes. Time, it uh, was a really good fit for us, too. Like, it wasn't just, uh, you know, um, being naive and, and, and being like, hey, you know what? Just uh, jump in no matter what. It was just that they were just such great guys, too. And, and the energy was just very, very genuine. And, and you could feel it. And it's, it's like that today. So, um, you know, it was just a, so glad we did it. Awesome. Yeah, it sounds like it sounds like it obviously ended up being just, you know, perfect fit for you guys. Now getting back, you know, the touring and I mentioned, you know, kind of pre-show about you guys playing all over the country, all over the globe, you know, going to all these different cities, meeting, you know, obviously fans, you know, new people, new, you know, even bands that maybe you hadn't met before. Do you guys ever get a chance to, you know, take them some time and just kind of do some sightseeing and kind of take in the culture of different cities when you're when you're on these tours, man? Or do you kind of miss out on some of that stuff just because you're, you know, it's show tour bus next town kind of thing. Yeah. Um, good question. It's actually the one thing I, I wish I had more time to do because there's so, there's so many great places that you get to tour and so many stories that you, that you hear about. And, oh, Hey, if you check out this restaurant, whatever. And, you know, like, I'm, you know, like, I'm like a food network junkie. So I'm like, okay, where's the triple D joint that, that we got to hit or where's this or like, you know, where's that sausage place that guy's smoking out of his barn. Like I want to go there or let's go fishing. And, you know, sometimes it happens. We ended up at, uh, Jack's beach Florida for about four days. Um, it wasn't on the itinerary. It just worked out that way. And so we were able to surf and just have nice meals and, and really take it in. But pretty much when you're on the road, it's just, um, it's so regimented with, uh, with shows and um, the travel schedule and press, I mean, and, uh, you know, we just absolutely take every opportunity we can. And a lot of that uh, means, uh, you know, going, uh, going on air morning radio stations at 6 a.m. and performing. And, you know, I, I'm not kidding when I say the guys are up uh, at about 4 a.m. warming up and uh, for that and that they went to bed at midnight and they're singing, and they'll do it every night. I've seen them do it. I, 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 you know, hats off. I just wow. So it's. <laughs> I, I wish I had. I think we all wish we had a little bit more more time at the end of the day. But you know what? It is what it is. And um, you know, maybe maybe when you get a little bigger and whatnot, and you you know you're you're headlining, and you're like, yeah, I don't have to be on stage till uh, freaking uh, midnight. I'm gonna go for a nice dinner, and then maybe I'll get the. Uh, you know, some touristy shit down at the square, and then I went. <laughs> but hey, man, <laughs> we're, we're doing <laughs> very cool, man. Well, I, I would imagine next time around, you guys will uh, will get a chance to do a little more of that. Now, I got to ask, man. You know, playing all these shows, do you have any like pre-show rituals that you kind of get into before you get into a big gig, man? Do you have anything you kind of like any superstitions or anything before you get behind the kit and play, man? Me personally, dude, I just. Uh, um, I just pretty much try to get in the zone. We, we, we have lockout pretty much like uh, an hour to two before, before the show. And in a lot of cases, you know, there's family in t- like in town or friends or just press and we just, nobody's really allowed um, in, in our zone, so to speak, because we're really thinking about the show and who we're playing for and, and, and everything. So as far as rituals, I mean, we're, we're all just about um, being a band and being a unit and really harnessing that energy and, 
you know what? I'm I, I I love cranking tunes. Like I'm 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 the guy in the band that uh, makes sure that we have like the tunes plan and everyone's stoked and um, you know we're all just kind of being one. So yeah, I don't have any sort of crazy like pouring maple syrup on my forehead and then uh, paint <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's good to know man uh now uh, speaking of playing uh, live songs i would imagine this song this uh first song we're in here tonight from you guys uh straight across <clears throat> excuse me uh straight at, geez, straight across my mind will actually uh is probably a really great song for you guys to play live man uh i imagine especially for you man behind the kit uh what can you tell me about this track from the album man? S- song kicks my ass every time dude um we uh tracked this down in chicago with uh Danny Donegan, um, and it's just, uh, yeah, it's very percussive. It's very in your face. We actually open with it a lot, and, uh, you know, it always gets the crowd going, and as far as playing drums to it, you know, it's just uh, super powerful, and I have such great uh, bandmates, and they're they're such great musicians that, you know, I just get the goosebumps every time, dude. You know, it's just kind of why I got in this... uh, playing drums it's just uh got the goosebumps so big when i was a kid and just i'm like well i'm just gonna follow that feeling for the rest of my life and so that that song just does it for me so very cool man well I'll tell you what man uh let's let's go ahead and get that track going straight across my mind and uh we'll come back and uh, chat some more man you cool i'm cool right on this is uh, art of dying straight across my mind here on unsigned
Art of Dying here on Sign, hanging out with Jeff Brown from Art of Dying. That is straight across my mind. Uh, dude, that is a great track, man. I tell you what, if, if I were someone and I just happened to see you guys and you guys open up with that song, you'd have me instantly, man. Well, thanks, brother. I, I love playing it, man. It's, um, you know, I, I'm not afraid to say it's a badass song. It's, uh, yeah, it's I, I love tune, it. Man. Right on. Well, I, I'm curious, uh, you know, pretty standard question, I think, for interviews. You know, uh, for you as a drummer, what are some of your early uh, musical influences as far as drummers and even bands? Even, well, I'd say as a youth and even currently today, man. Well, uh, yeah, you know what, my first, and I'm going way back here, like, uh, my first musical experience was actually ABBA, and it was just, I think, just that whole percussive uh, uh, vibe they had going on, and uh, and then I actually, you know, as I started to realize that, hey, I want to play drums, and that was, I think it was about seven, um, I started really paying attention to drummers like, you know, like Neil Peart, and uh, Tommy Lee and, and actually Michael Jackson and, uh, um, like his drummer at the time and just, you know, um, just kind of a mixture of a bunch of different stuff. And as I started to get into my teens and a little bit older, um, drummers like Chad Smith started standing out to me and, uh, you know, obviously like, um, you know, John Bonham from, from Zap and like all those drummers and they're, they're just kind of like a, a no brainer, but I, I think the ones that, that, um, that I could probably relate to, um, because when I, when I grew up, I was playing like a bunch of different stuff. I, I played punk rock, like super, super early on. And then I played, I played in every band I possibly could through high school, like did the whole like Dixie band, senior band, jazz band, blah, blah, blah. I just played as much as I could. And my first band band was a punk rock band and then it was funk. And then I think that's probably where I started to get into Chad Smith. And then, um, pretty much, you know, so many different drummers like Carter Buford from the Dave Matthews band, his pocket. And then, uh, you know, you know, Eric from STP and, you know, drummers like that, that just, I don't know. They just uh, had something about them. Sometimes it was because they had great fills. Sometimes it's because they didn't play, much at all they just had such a great pocket so i think if i had to pick three i'd probably pick tommy lee chad smith john bonham that's that's a pretty solid three there man i don't don't think anybody can argue with those three as a drummer you know sometimes i i think chad smith is kind of underrated as a drummer in some circles man i don't i don't think he gets the uh, appreciation i think he should as a drummer no, I, I don't think he does. It's funny you say that because I actually just went to one of his clinics a few weeks ago here in Vancouver, and uh, I was shocked to see where he was speaking and playing. It was just, I'm like, Chad Smith needs like a, a bigger room than this. But he, um, he's such a great guy. He's such a great drummer. And what I like about him is he doesn't uh, pretend to be anything more than he is. He just, uh, you know, champions people who uh, work hard, play as much as he can to get, uh, as best as he can. And, you know, um, I don't know, just know, know your role is really kind of like why I've always admired him. Like that guy could just whip circles around the chili peppers and he always just lays back. And I think he gets a bit of grief for possibly playing the different, you know, a similar beat and in, in many different songs. And he was kind of joking around about that, but you know what, that's, that's what makes a great drummer is being able to just do that. And I think just being able to sit back and be, content with that and uh at the end of the day our job is to make the band 
give the band that foundation they need to be able to sit back and be like, hey, this guy's got me. It's all good. And it's going to sound fat. And, uh, and yeah, so I, I, don't, I don't think he gets the respect he deserves as much. He, he gets a lot, but there's a lot more room for that for that guy. That's for sure. Yeah, right on. I, I, I'm right there with you, man. Now, kind of switching gears on you a little bit, Jeff. Uh, you guys had, you know, this big long tour we talked about in the first segment. You know, you're playing all these shows, playing all the shows. You guys get finally get some time off here uh, through the holidays in the first part of this year, working on new music. Uh, wh- where do you guys see the direction uh, in the writing process heading in? You know, writing new music uh, off the really the success off off the debut, man. Yeah, well, we. Um we uh, came to the table with vices and virtues with like 50 song ideas. And um, I think it's safe to say that um, a, a lot of them were actually really, really strong. It was really tough narrowing it down to, uh, to the record, but you know, some of those still exist that we're, uh, that we haven't forgotten about. And uh, we, we just have so many songs. And I think the direction is just kind of going in a very natural direction. We are, it's, it's nice to have some downtime right now. We don't feel rushed and we are, um, we have the support behind us to, um, you know, just do what we do right now and, and do it how we do it. And it's actually funny cause Kaylee's coming into town, uh, in, in a couple of weeks here, we're just going to hang out again and, uh, do some more writing. And, and we're a band that just really believes in, uh, you know, getting a case of beer, cracking out the, uh, uh, acoustics and, and just going and just being, you know, it doesn't need to be complicated. You know, a, a good song, uh, I believe, can be played on an acoustic guitar, and I think we all believe that. And just, you know, you know, we'll get into the studio when when it makes sense. Um, we're already talking about a couple people. We've we've met with a couple producers already, um, and some people are really standing out at this point. And and you know, we're we're really just trying to be true to ourselves and, and true to our fans, and and really understand. You know. I think you and I both know too that, that the music industry now, like what we're hearing in the last couple years and, and what's going forward, like just even watching the Grammys, you know, it's uh, music's changing a little bit. And uh, we actually just had a pretty awesome conference call as a band. And, and one of the things we were talking about is just uh, not changing really at all. We're just going to be who we are and we are going to. Uh, not waver from that and when we write this next record and the next record uh, after that and uh you know we we believe that our fans will be there and new fans uh, will come but uh we're just going to follow our hearts and and play what we play and uh, do what we do and uh we're, we're happy with whatever happens with that Right on, and that, you kind of parlayed that into my next question about you know obviously you see sometimes you know bands they have that you know that that record that really breaks out and then they get into that second, you know, I guess they call it the sophomore slump, I guess, if you want to call it that. But um, I'm glad to hear you, you say that, you know, you guys are taking really kind of an organic approach to it. And I also want to know what's the uh, the uh, art of dying beer of choice, man? Ooh, uh, the art of dying beer of choice. Well, when we're on the road, uh, it's all about the light beer. You know, the locale, got to work out. Uh, and it's pretty much the same at home, but I think when you're you're at home, it's just like, hey, I got my I got my guy I like to go to for my nice bottle of red wine, blah blah blah. But when you're on the road, it's like you got your rider. It's like, all right, give me five thousand Coors Light, and uh, <laughs> blah blah blah. Um, so I think it just have to be like a Bud Light or Coors Light. And sorry, dude, what was your what was your other question? Well, my other question is, you know, 
you know, the organic approach. I mean, do, do you guys, was there any pressure, I guess, from any of the labels or anything like, Hey man, we want you guys to do, you know, another one. Or was it a situation where, you know, just take your time, do what you guys do and, and go from there. Cause I, you know, a lot of, you guys have a lot of really diverse songs, man. And we're going to hear, you know, obviously another track off, off the album, but you know, you straight across my mind, you know, really hard rock and jam and tune. And then you guys have, you know, singles you release like sorry and stuff with, you know, and obviously the acoustic, record as well where you guys really have a really diverse uh music range so i mean is there a certain way you guys are leaning or just kind of whatever happens happens you know how it comes out well yeah you know what it's i think it, it's tough because you have to uh you know we have people behind us right now that just we've never really had pressure actually to, to answer your first question like to say hey it has to be this way and that's just been awesome i I, I can't say that we thought we were going to. Um, getting back to my my whole vibe about uh, David and uh, Danny, like there was just never pressure that way. They they wanted us to be us, and so that's what we're doing. And you know, we we wanted Vices and Virtues to be a record that that is us from start to finish, and that you know what, hey, you might have a song like Die Trying, and then you might have a song like Best I Can, but that that is who we are, and. Uh, you know, it's it's really about the song and the emotion that that we're really trying to um, convey, and it's it's how we're feeling. And when Johnny, uh, you know, writes lyrics and uh, writes melodies, and we all write together, it's really just about creating a journey for people that uh, that we want to come along with us. And so, you know, it does. I'm not going to say it doesn't cross our our mind if if we're like, hey, we got uh, a lot of heavy songs here, and maybe some mid tempos and some ballads. But at the end of the day, you just you just have to be able to be like, yeah, well, that's um, that's that's the record. And we're really proud of it, and uh, everyone's like, so far, everyone's like, well, I I love it, and we love it, and that's that's who you guys are, and you know, we're we're a very versatile band, and uh, we're we're not afraid to show our side that's super heavy and and can be super aggressive and whatever. And then, you know, you might hear a song that actually is a little poppy and you might hear a song that might be a little country and whatever. And, uh, you know, I, I just can't wait for the days when we have, you know, uh, some longer uh, headlining set times and we're able to really showcase that a little bit more, you know, all of a sudden a living room drops from the ceiling and, a, you know, acoustic drum kits, uh, you know, a smaller like cocktail kit drops down. And, and then there's, you know what I mean? Like it. Yeah. Yeah. man. Oh yeah. I mean, does that answer your question? <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. No, I, I, you're you're spot on, man. I, I think Vices and Virtue definitely the eleven tracks on that album. I mean, from top to bottom, it's a great CD, man. I mean, you know, and you talk about you know how music is changing. You know, we talk about this all the time on the show with just about every artist and the band we had on earlier tonight, The Hush. We talk about it with them too. Like, you know, you know when you, you even ten years ago, you know, the, the way uh, I guess the. I don't. I don't want to like bash any music by any means, but it just kind of seems to be, you know, just the single or that particular flavor of the week. I guess you would say. You know what I mean? As opposed to just being, this is a group. This is this is the art. Here it is from front to back. It's not just a, a three minute track. We are way more than this three and a half minutes you're going to hear on the FM radio station. We are that, and you know, as you said, 50, you guys had fifty other songs. We're that and fifty more. You know? Yeah, I think that. Um no matter um, uh, who you are and, and what you do, you really have to fight for time right now. And time could represent an album. It could, it could mean a, a million different things. But 
you it, it is a it is a singles market in a lot of ways, and um, you know having a, a you know let's look at American Idiot Green Day. I mean that was the first record in a long time where they started to embrace singles that were like you know um, you know in today's market pretty damn long, and uh, you know it's just uh, a a great song is a great song, and at, there, there's politics involved a little bit, but. Again, you just have to do what you do, and the people that love what you do will just, uh, you know, will will be there to support you, and uh, doors will open. And you know, I've always believed that a good song, you know, moves people. You know, whether it's three twenty or eight forty, you know, it's just uh, you you just kind of have to be true to your art a little bit. You got to pay attention. You gotta you gotta you know you know be um, uh, well versed as to what's going on. But at the same time, you, you can't lose your own uh, integrity with your music a little bit and and uh, and whatnot. So it's it's a tough balance, and and I, I swear to God, the more you overthink it, the more it's just whatever. You just kind of have to play music and surround yourself with good people and and all that stuff. So it, and everything else will kind of take care of itself. And in a lot of ways, that that's what I've learned. So. Right on, man. Now, you know, you guys talk about, you know, kind of getting in the studio, writing new material. Uh, I, I believe all you guys really take part in the actual process, whether it be musically, lyrically. Uh, when you guys are recording, even on, on Vice and Virtue, was there any like tension, you know, ever any tension? And, and if there is any, you know, I don't know, tension, maybe lack of a better word there. Who's the first one to kind of crack a joke or kind of e- ease the uh, ease the room if there if there's a debate or something going on? You know what, dude? I can honestly say I'm so blessed to be playing with uh, the, the band that, that I play with. Um, we came together, and uh, you know, fate was a big part of it. And we're a band that believes in uh, all for one, one for all. Uh, we all write together. We believe in, uh, uh, well, I should say we don't believe in a hierarchy. And, you know, uh, we all believe that every person in our band is just as important as the next. And, um, we gladly give, you know, Johnny's an amazing, uh, lyricist, an amazing uh, melody maker. And, um, he writes some amazing stuff and so does everybody else. And so at the end of the day, we just, uh, you know, a good song is a good song and, and the best song wins. And we let people do what they do within our, our band. And, you know, I think everybody, in, in Art of Dying is is comfortable enough in their own skin that uh, egos really don't get in the way really at all. We have a lot of fun and uh, we were brothers first. We when we decided to kind of do this, it was just a, it was a really nice dinner in in Toronto actually, and we were like, hey, you know what? We might make no money doing this. We might make a ton of money, but we believe in what we're doing. It might be really uncomfortable for a long time. But we still raised a glass, raised a glass, and uh, you know, just had the confidence to to move ahead. And there's a lot of bands that I meet on the road. Um, I'm not going to name names, but you can just tell when you know it's the so and so show or it's the so and so show over here, and, and it's just and maybe this band's just hired and whatever. And you know what? Sometimes that does work, and sometimes it really doesn't. And when it really doesn't, it's very apparent. And uh, I can tell you this. Every night, you're probably going to find Art of Dying out front of their tour bus with acoustic guitars. Party will probably be there uh, with some other bands that are just as stoked about their band or whatnot. And, you know, that's really what it's all about. None of us 
really give two shits about the, uh, hey, well, I wrote this. Well, I wrote this. So I wrote this. That's just gay. And <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, know, no, I, I'm totally with you on that, man. Correct. But it really is how I feel. And, you know, it just whatever. Right? You know, life's too short. And, uh, you know, it's that we're family first. So all that other awesome. crap in the backseat. <laughs> right. No, I, I, I got that vibe uh, right away from you guys. You know, it, it just, you know, in the small communication we had before you came on the night that you guys are really positive, just really good dudes to be around. And uh, I tell you what, man, if you got obviously, you know, hopefully a, a headlining tour once you guys have the new album all worked out and all that stuff. And whenever that happens, it happens. But uh, it, it, hopefully you guys come to Nashville. I'm outside of Nashville, man. So uh, definitely let me know if you come to Nashville on the next tour, man. Dude, we love Nashville. I fucking I think I had catfish. Oh, sorry, I swore. No, you're right. You're good. <laughs> um, yeah, you know what? I'm pretty sure it's happening soon. We've been talking about getting down there for a few different reasons, and uh, definitely hit you guys up um, if it happens, and maybe we could get together and have a pint lot. Yeah, no, that would be a blast, man. I, I know a, a couple of uh, nice little places uh, down in the Printer's Alley and stuff. We can hang out and have some fun, man. It would be a blast. I'll tell you what, man, let, let's take a break. Uh, we'll come back for a third segment, and we'll talk about uh, this song here, Breathe Again, which I think really speaks to kind of what we talked about, really the diversity of the band. This song has a little bit of everything in it, I think. Uh, what, what can you tell me about this track before we get it going, man? Yeah, it was funny. It's funny that you're you're playing it. I was actually listening to the early demos of this song. You know, this song really just encompasses. Um, there, there's no fluke that it's at the end of the album. Um, it's it's really all about uh, being true to yourself and yeah, going through whatever you need to go through, and uh, you know, just uh, being able to look in the mirror and uh, feel amazing. And uh, you know, I don't know. You just uh, it's it's a deep song. Yes. I was actually listening to a few renditions that we did of it, uh, a real heavy one actually from an old, old, old demo, and I'm just really stoked the way it came out, and it kind of showcases you know, um, a lot of different stuff about the band, so you know, I'm just stoked people like it. I know a lot of people, when I meet them at the merch table and whatnot, they uh, have told us that they use it for you know, their wedding or this or that, so I mean, you know, uh, that, that to me just means everything. Well, no, I, it's a great track, and that's one of the reasons I picked it because I think it showcases just really how diverse and musically talented you guys are. So this, let's go to it, man. This is Breathe Again, Art of Dying here on Unsigned. When I hesitate, I know it's just too late. To bring you back But still I need you I can't communicate The burden of this weight My world is black Until I see you of the night, story of my life, the pain was sharp, a comfort bleeds through, I can't seem to clear my head, 
hesitate I know it's just too late To bring you back But still I need you And I don't know how I don't know where But I can't find the breather again Life's too short, the day's too long In the end I knew it all and all Like a newborn child Like a Again, Art of Dying here on Unsigned, talking with uh, Jeff, and we appreciate you hanging, uh, doing a little extended uh, interview with us tonight, man. We really appreciate it. And uh, I tell you, what, we'll, we'll get into some of your, your personal interests and hobbies and stuff. And I want to ask you about this. I know you know Kale plays with you guys. He's cousins with Adam, yep. and uh, it's big news right now in, in the music. You know, you, you you see it on you know Rolling Stones and Loudwire, and it's all over the place. You know, um, I want to know what your thoughts are about Adam stepping down from from Three Days, man. Yeah, it's uh, Adzi is a really good friend of mine. Um, we've known each other for a long time, hence the whole um, how Art of Dying is a band. And uh, yeah, I'm not gonna lie to you, I was a, I, I, it surprised me. Um, but I also know that uh, things happen for a reason, and um, you know we're we're all brothers, and and they're all still brothers, and they obviously just need a bit of time to figure some stuff out. You know, it's just really nothing more than that. Um, we actually went down to New York and did a uh, benefit with uh, Sirius XM for Hurricane Sandy. And Adzi was headlining that. Uh, like an, It was an acoustic-style thing. And so, you know, we, we talked a little bit about it. But uh, at the end of the day, he just uh, needs a bit of a break and uh, just doing his thing and, you know, uh, super positive and we've got his back and we've got the other three days uh, guys back and i don't really know what uh, more to say you know i was yeah no especially the first thing that i did is i because adam and kaylee are super tight because kaylee used to uh way back in the day he used to uh, go out with three days on their first record and whatnot and uh and help out a little bit and uh you know i think i think kaylee and adam were on the same bus or something like that and uh so, you know, as far as I know, it's just, uh, you know, they're all just kind of going through their own personal journey right now and what they need to do as uh, individuals and as artists and for their own whatnot. And, but yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I literally found out about it on Facebook as well. And, and, uh, but you know, who knows, 
maybe uh, maybe it is what it is. Maybe they need a break. Maybe they just uh, who, who knows. What are your thoughts? Uh, I thought I, I, we talked about it on the show, uh, you know, a couple of weeks, and you know, we were I, I was shocked. Consider, you know, they're getting ready to do this big tour and stuff. I just thought it was, you know, timing was weird. I, I thought more than anything, personally. Um, I mean, I, obviously, I don't know him from anywhere, you know. So uh, I just thought the timing was weird, personally, for me. I just kind of was like, wow, you know, it, you know, they just, you know, the, the the new record is, you know, they release is getting you know really good reviews. People seem to really dig it. You know, Chalk Outline is a, is a big time single. People are digging that too. Yeah. And uh, we're really, you know, and then it just kind of was like, oh, wait, 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 he's doing what? You know, so it was just kind of one of those, just kind of a shock thing. So uh, hopefully, you know, I'm I'm sure, you know, Adam's a talented talented guy from everything I've heard of him do. So uh, I'm sure he's going to be all right. And hopefully, you know, he gets, you know, the time away that he needs. And, you know, maybe he rejoins. Maybe he does something else. You know, whatever he wants to do, I'm, I'm sure it'll be fine. It's good to know that, you know, he's got a support group like you and, and Kale and stuff to, you know, to back him up. And, you know, and he's got someone to lean on. That's always, I think, an important thing too, man. Totally, bro. And I, I think, like, too, like, unless you're in three days grace and you're in those shoes and you're logging that many hours together, I mean, none of us will know, including me, including Kale, inclu- like, whatever. It's just, yeah. it's obviously such a personal choice that, um, and, and looking back and actually look at the timing of everything, like, it's got to be tough, too, um, because, you know, with a new album coming out before it even starts, I, uh, you know, this is me, you know, you know, trying to uh, make sense of it, but I'm like, do you, if, are, is it better to, to do it before a big tour starts and support another album or do you do it mid? It's just like, there's no right way to do it. So I think that, uh, I just know that those guys go back to like grade school. And when you have, uh, that much time together that if you need some time apart, uh, you just need some time apart, and I just yeah. have all the faith in the world that uh, those guys will will work it out. And however it ends up, uh, will be good. And that might be with or without Adam. Something tells me it might be with them down the road. But that's just my own personal whatever. But um, yeah, either way, you know they'll they'll do fine. You know, I was actually checking out some YouTube stuff with uh, with uh, Matt. Um, singing and you know what those are big shoes to fill and so he's doing a good job and you know you know the fans uh, are are gonna dig it and some fans are gonna you know follow adsy and do all that so it's just uh i just got all their back and as i'm sure you do and it's just like definitely a bit of a shocker i, I didn't i didn't see it coming that's that's for sure yeah no, I, I think you know close with that and uh i'm sure it'll be fine man I, it, like i said uh, i not an easy decision to make by any means. The fact that he made that decision, credit to him, man, because that could not have been an easy decision to make uh, getting ready to do that tour and stuff. So uh, that is to come out and really expose yourself that way and be like, yeah, man, I, I, need, to, I need to do this for me. Uh, says a lot about a lot about him, too, that you know he's obviously in tune with what is best for him, and that's probably a really good sign. But uh, kind of switching gears on you, man, um, you get done with this tour, you know, you're, you know, all this stuff happens. Yeah, you're home, and you know you're getting ready to kind of write again and stuff. You know, is it nice to be home? I mean, you kind of get back to getting into the daily groove and the daily grind, and just kind of enjoying life or kind of decompressing. What do you do in your free time, man? Yeah, dude, I, I love being home. I bought a place um, a couple of years ago, um, just outside of the city. That's um, a little quieter, just because you know the the road is uh, it's pretty intense, and I I kind of like that. I like like the quiet. Um, 
I, I'm a pretty chill dude, man. Like I, I really like to, um, like get out, get outside and, and fish and do stuff like that. I love being on the water, hence, uh, living on the West coast. Um, I try to play as much as I can. I got a nice little studio going on in my pad and, uh, you know, um, I just love hanging out with people and having a good time. I love to laugh. I always have, you know, since I can remember and just, uh, I don't know. I just, I, I do a ton of different stuff, man. You know, I'm, I'm really involved like with, uh, any type of like activity that's going on as far as like getting up the mountain and snowboarding or fishing or water skiing or whatever and, and music and just, I live day to day and uh, I have a great family and uh, great people that love me and support me and you know that that keeps me pretty busy and you kind of just when you get home you just try to make up that time that you didn't have and you miss a lot of shit when you're on the road right you miss important events and and whatnot so I, I really try to just uh, spend as much spend as much quality time as I can with as many people as I can but also balancing that with having some great time on my own and just recouping and getting ready because we all know what's about to happen and, and the schedules and stuff. So, I mean, you know, if you were trying to hunt me down on a Wednesday afternoon, you know, you'd probably want to go on a trail near my house and I'm probably going for a walk or something or, or I'm working out my pad or going fishing or playing drums. And, you know, my brother's a sick DJ. I might be helping him out with some tracks there down in, uh, he lives right in uh, the city. Like I just do a bunch of shit. Cool, man. Right on. Now, uh, you know, before you got into music and stuff, what's the worst day job you ever had, man? Oh my God. Which one? Uh, <laughs> oh, dude, I had a couple. I had, oh, I don't even know if that's the worst one. <laughs> my brother, actually, you know what? I'm, I'm actually going to give it to my brother because he actually had a job where he rated cat shit. Oh God. Yeah, wow! Yeah. Cat shit, and he'd be like, "That's a four. That's, <laughs> a, that's a four, and that one's a six and a half. And that cat over there should just probably bounce because it doesn't look like a cat. Like uh, he rated cat shit. So <laughs> I think he's got it. Yeah, no, I, I think we that is the that is the blue chip winner right there, man. Of of, of bad day jobs is rating cat shit. Uh, is that like a like an earthquake scale? Like if it gets to like above six, like you just something's wrong with that cat. You know what I mean? Like you need to take it to the vet or something. You know? Yeah, I don't even know how you get into that. That was my first. <laughs> yeah. question. I, yeah. I think I was having a shitty day, and then I didn't even know about it. And he was like, "Well, you know, you know, Jeff." Uh, I remember back when I was like rating cat shit and stuff, and I I just remember <laughs> stopping and like the lights went off or something. I was like, "You rated cat shit, dude!" Like. <laughs> fuck happened to you <laughs> then he told me about it i'm like you know what there's a lot of filters before you have to say yeah i will take that rating catch it job like you can just say no i think i'll landscape or i'll yeah I'll, you know i will sue chef for you like I, i'm not gonna rate i mean what do you have to what are the qualifications to rate cat shit <laughs> right. you know i don't mean? know what the schooling is for that man i have no idea so asking me like my worst job was maybe like in a horrible kitchen or a horrible uh, landscaping job or just something that I really hated, but I just can't imagine, like, I don't know, sitting in front of a treadmill rating deuces all day long. Like, I, I think he's got it. 
Yeah, no, yeah, that's definitely the got to be one of the worst day jobs ever right there. We'll tell you what, man, uh, we'll close out tonight with Die Trying, which is a big time hit on the charts. It's been played all over the place. Uh, what is it like you know, when you guys finally kind of realize that this this thing is taken off and crowds are singing you know these songs back to you, especially that when you're closing a you know night you know and, and the whole crowd is singing this to you, man? Uh, what does that feel like, then? Dude, it's it's totally surreal, man. It it doesn't uh, it, it's the same feeling every time, and you know. I start that song with uh, with toms and 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 whatnot, and every time I do, uh, the reaction gets bigger and bigger and bigger since we uh, kind of came out of the woodwork. Um, and it's such a heavy song too. Like, I, I there's pretty much a, a mosh pit every time. There's pretty much just uh, fists in the air, and the energy just gets really insane when we play that song and. Uh, you know, we do a lot of crowd participation. Johnny's really, really good at that. So we usually break it down halfway through and then get as many people involved as possible and then bring it right back up and then just try to kill it by the end of the, uh, the, end of the set. So from, uh, yeah, from a band standpoint, it's retarded. From a, drum, a drummer standpoint, it's just uh, it's, it's one of the funnest songs I've ever been able to drum to. So just so stoked to be a part of it, man. Awesome, man. Well, uh, I, I know you, I, I saw something you did. Uh, you, I, I think during this track you used like a China ride or a China crash or something as an offbeat during the song. Is it, do you still kind of do that or you kind of switch that up for different songs? I think I switch it up live a little bit. Um, you know, I'm, uh, I think my, my setup is, is pretty much similar, but I'm trying different symbols out. I got a bunch of new ones right now that I'm, I'm trying out like, um, I'm really into the new uh, Chad Smith. Uh, hey, Chad Smith again. The whole <laughs> Chad Smith, Holy China and stuff like that. So, um, you know, it's it's one of those funny balances where I, you know, I, I want to play what people recognize because there's, <laughs> there's a lot of air drummers out there. <laughs> so, you know, at the same time, I'm, uh, you know, I, I like to do a, a few different things live and, you know, maybe some offbeat stuff or maybe a, a new, you know, some double kick stuff that, that wasn't there before. You know, it's it's always cool to, you know, change it up and say, hey, you wouldn't have heard it that way unless you're at the show or maybe Johnny did it this way or we broke it down this way. So, yeah, always trying to change it up a little bit. There's always funky stuff that we do in the studio too, like whether you're putting a splash cymbal on a snare drum to get a certain effect and like get through this or something like that. And I did that with Don again. And, uh, you know, it's always playing around with different ideas. Awesome, man. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, I know you guys got a bunch of stuff going on, and Jeff, I appreciate you doing this tonight, man, chatting with us. I had a blast. Hopefully you had a good time as well. If fans are interested in finding out what the heck you guys are going to be up to, uh, I know you guys tweeted something about a mailing list. Uh, what's the uh, website now people can, can find out what you guys are up to here through the summer, man? Yeah, dude, we are absolutely uh, everywhere, artofdimemusic.com. Um, everything will be there from uh, Facebook, Twitter, um, all of our Pinterest, everything like that, um, all of our YouTube stuff. We are uh, we're constantly uh, filming and uh, tweeting and updating everything as much as possible. Uh, all the guys are going to be in town, and we're going to be doing a bunch of different stuff over the next couple weeks here because uh, we all, like, some of us live in the States, some of us live in Canada. So when we get together, usually uh, our social network uh, stuff, goes bananas so lots of video lots of content and uh just the best thing i can say to people is just you know 
jump on there, stay tuned, and every day is different. You never know what's going to come from us. We're constantly having little giveaways and contests and, and announcements, and especially writing a second record. Uh, there's going to be an announcement after announcement after announcement. So, um, And it begins, my friend. Awesome. Well, hey, uh, Jeff, uh, again, pleasure having you on. Thanks for taking the time. And uh, hopefully we can uh, chat again, man. We'd like to have you guys back on. Yeah, dude. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Right on. Hey, Jeff, best of luck to you uh, and the guys from uh, Art of Dying, and uh, we'll close out tonight with Die Trying here on Unsigned.
Art of Dying here on Unsigned. I tell you what, really dig those guys that is, that is trying. And thanks to Jeff Brown, uh, drummer from Art of Dying, for stopping in and, and really uh, giving us this time tonight. We really, really appreciate it. And also thanks to Lee from The Hush as well uh, for coming on and talking with us and jamming some of their tunes as well. It's a big-time show, packed full of all kinds of good music, and uh, hopefully everybody enjoyed it. And don't forget, Revelator, the name of the new show, coming March 5th. And you know what? We're going to close the show like we always do. We're looking at the movies at the box office, starting with number 10 and working our way up. Bullet to the Head, 2 point million. Someone ought to put that movie down, by the way. The Django Unchained, 2.3 million. The movie Argo at 2.3 million. Zero Dark Thirty at 4 million. Mama, 4.2 million. Hansel and Gretel, Witch Hunters. Well, we could probably wait for that on DVD, I guess. 5.7 million. Silver Linings Playbook at 6.4 million. Side Effects, which looks like a very inter- interesting film, 9.3 million. Warm Bodies, 11.3 million. And Identity Theft, which looks like a pretty funny film, at 34.5 million dollars at the box office this past weekend. And again, thanks to Art of Dying and the Hush for coming on. It seems harder to enjoy the finer things in life. Until next time, do so. <laughs>